Friends, I feel like over this season, you and I have like really gotten to know each other well. And I know I talked about that a bit in the last episode and sharing my heart with you, but I've had such a great joy of also being able to share my family with you and the people that I've looked up to and that have shaped the way that I look at the world and look at Jesus. And something that I like to joke about as I've gotten to the place I'm in spiritually is about my reverse spiritual gift. So I'm sure my family could list a bunch of things that would be my reverse spiritual gift. But if I were to pick one, it would probably be bitterness. Now you may say, Cassie, how how could your reverse spiritual gift be bitterness when you throw confetti all the time? Well, That's actually why. So when I say reverse spiritual gift, what I'm trying to say is something that I have a tendency to do that's of the world, that is not of Jesus, that is very easy for me to fall back on. It's very easy for me to be bitter about a situation or the circumstances that I'm in. And the Lord has taught me over the years how to turn that bitterness that I'm so good at and use it as a blessing and a space for me to learn and really not just be encouraged in my faith, but encourage other people. So today I'm going to be introducing you to somebody new and we are going to talk all about, well, my reverse spiritual gift, which happens to be bitterness. Hey friends, I'm Cassie. And I'm a married Spoonie who lives the chronic illness life. Here each week, I'll challenge you to live intentionally and authentically, where every spoon you use has a purpose and every step you take matters. Welcome to Chronically Cultivating. My friends, over the past year and a half, you have had a chance to meet almost all of the important people in my life. You've met both of my parents, you've met Jared, you've gotten to know my friends, and today I'm so, so blessed to be sitting down with my grandfather. And something to share, my grandfather has been the biggest supporter of this podcast. He has listened to all of my episodes, but even greater than that, he has been an advisor for me now in the second season to help me share what God has given me and has just been such a wise advisor and I love that you get to be a part of this. So Grandpa, I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you for the opportunity to allow me to be part of this podcast with you live rather than just being in the background. Yeah, and that's what I think is so great. So to share a little bit about my grandfather and our relationship that I think is so special is my grandfather is an encourager and he has encouraged me all of my life and I think the reason, he he definitely did not encourage me with confetti. Uh, He can attest (laughs) that I throw a lot more confetti uh, than he would like, and he does find it all around the house. Um, So that is true. But he has encouraged me to encourage others and stay focused on what matters, which is Jesus. One of the ways that he has done this over the years is by leaving me notes. When I was in college, he would leave notes on my car for me in the morning, or even 
recently, I, again, this is a spiritual gift of his to encourage. And there have been times that he's left me a note or a balloon or what I call um, this plush dog that I call my dislocation dog because it holds my arm just perfectly whenever I have a shoulder dislocation. And there are little things that the Lord leads him to do that has been so encouraging. And I have had a front row seat of learning from, to me, one of the greatest encouragers I've ever met. And yeah, I don't know if you have any other introduction or anything that you want to just let people know. All I can tell you is, yeah, I've I've been obviously her grandfather. I've got a history of being involved in church. I've gone through some hard times. I've gone through some great times. And uh, God has brought me through a lot of different things. And we may go through part of it during this podcast. But the main thing I can just tell you that he's used me to hopefully make a positive difference in a number of people's lives by the many different ministries I've been involved in, both at, in two different churches. And encouraging people in ways that, you know, I'm sure you never hoped that you could truly understand as far as a loss. And I know there are times that I've said, Lord, why couldn't you have just given me compassion for XYZ situation? Why did you make me walk through that, Lord? Why did you have to make me truly understand how that person felt? But it all brings us back to Jesus. I mean, that's why he came, because he wanted us to know that he truly understood our struggle. And when we go through certain trials, it gives us the ability to truly understand, which moves us from compassion to a state of empathy. And as we were preparing to do this podcast and we were praying over what to bring, because that's a huge part of Cranley Cultivating, is that I want to make sure that anything we've put out, that the Lord is involved and that he has given us the wisdom to speak on. And I've been wanting to talk about bitterness for a really long time. And I do joke, as you know, about it being my reverse spiritual gift, but bitterness is really hard. And we started talking about this. So my question to my grandfather was, knowing that my reverse spiritual gift is bitterness, what would you say your reverse spiritual gift is? Probably my guess would be animosity. And why I can say that is to give you some history. I've gone through the loss of a child who was only six years old, who was killed in front of our house and get very bitter at the time. But it it took me quite a while to get through that. And God finally convinced me that my bitterness or animosity was not going to change my heart. My wife and I started trying to counsel other families just as we had people counsel us as to how to deal with the loss of a child from something sudden. And that was kind of how I know you had said you feel like your spiritual gift is compassion. And I 100% see that in how you live your life and how you've been able to do those things. You've turned what was animosity and brought it to compassion. And that's because of Jesus. But it's really easy for me to sit here and say, well, it was that way, but here's how God's brought brought compassion, but there was so much hard in the middle of all of those two things to see Jesus work. And I think that's something that we all wish that overnight it could change and just all of a sudden we're a changed person and everything's going right again. But it takes us a while to process the things of this world. And I feel like because we live in an imperfect world, that brokenness and bitterness and animosity and frustration and grief, those are all side effects of living in a broken world. And I would love to just share more about how did you get 
to that place. Okay. It isn't something you get over in a day or a week or a month. It took me over three years to get beyond it partially. But when I say partially is you never forget it. My daughter died in 1975. And what I do on my prayer list, which I do every day, is I thank God for the six and a half years I had with her, rather than when I was originally doing it, dwelling on the fact that I didn't have more than six and a half years. Mm. Don't dwell on the fact of what you lost. Dwell on the fact of what you were able to have. And does it take people different amount of time? Yeah, it took my wife almost five years to get over it. And over 20 years, I've done a lot of different ministries. And but like I said, you can find it makes a difference. Some people would listen to us. Some people that made a positive change in their lives. And there are people, I'm sure, that you have worked with that weren't ready yet for that advice. They weren't ready to face those things. How did God teach you and walk you through moving to forgiveness? Because I know bitterness is typically caused by someone or something. And a lot of the time, because we're humans and we are very faulty people, we know that throughout the whole Bible, we see so many instances, just like in our world today, where people mess up, people say the wrong things, people do terrible things, even the greatest of people. You know, that's why Paul says, I am the worst sinner. I am the worst of them all. And we are always going to be facing those things. But how did you start to get to a place where you could move through that bitterness? And I guess to a place of forgiveness, because I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, forgiveness is more about you moving on than anything else. How I got to that point is, and I'd heard it before, but I I happened to hear a sermon by a preacher from down in on Cape Cod, and it just happened to struck me. Keeping bitterness is like taking poison and expecting your enemy to die. So again, it takes a while for you to be willing to accept that. The answer is you're not doing it for them because they probably have forgot what they did or don't care what they did, and they're living a good life. It's for your benefit, you and God, that you're getting beyond it. You're not going to let it be a burden in your life. That's the whole key. Forgiveness is for you, not for the other person. And taking responsibility in our bitterness, because I think it's very easy to just say, well, they caused this, but we're the ones, as you said, that are wrestling with it. We're the ones staying up at night, and we're the ones that are allowing that bitterness to seep into our family and our relationships because that's happening in our lives. And it's true that only God can make that heart change because I'm sure you guys had great counsel and people that walked you through this, but it was that light bulb moment where the Lord gave you that truth and said, you have to let this go. You know, only the Lord can change our hearts. And I think something that's so important for you as a listener to know about us and our family and even the things that my grandfather has walked through that I have walked through is that we know that you may not be in a place yet where your heart is going to be changed. If someone told me 10 years ago that I would be sitting down here right now telling you about the goodness of God and how he can turn such a tragedy and so much bitterness into a life that glorifies him and can bless other people, I would have thought you were crazy because I never would have imagined that we could get there. Another thing you can think about, too, in an example, back in 92, 
my job got me to go travel down to Connecticut, and it took me five minutes just to get out of the, my car because of my back injury. And a couple months later, our church was looking for a driver for a youth trip down to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And God kept telling me to go. And I kept telling him, you got to be kidding me. And eventually... Yeah, I have a back injury. I'm not going down yeah, there. Yeah, I said, there's no way. Crazy? I can't even make it down to Connecticut. And he finally convinced me, this is what I want you to do. I want you to be part of that group down there and connect with them. I went down there. I didn't have anywhere near the pain that I had just in that other short trip. It's you, amazing the amount of things that I've told God I would never do that <laughs> that I have done. But that's because of his grace and because we know as Christians that when God calls us to do something, he's going to equip us to be able to do it. Even if we sit there thinking that he's crazy, God makes a way. But that is the thing. I always think of in the Bible where it says, but God, those are the two most influential words I think I can ever read because that's when you can say, all right, only God can do this. And that's where I think of that as a but God moment, like, but God redeemed it anyways. But God allowed me to let go of my bitterness. He will use every single thing that we go through in our life for good. At the end of 2020, I was reflecting on the year and everybody was talking about how it was a wasted year because we dealt with the pandemic and all this other stuff. And I sat there going, yeah, this year was definitely not one that I want to necessarily remember, but it's not wasted because God doesn't waste anything. And being able to live out a testimony like yours or looking at mine and saying all these terrible things have happened, but God has not wasted a single one. And another example like that, I started back in 2004 doing bread and bakery deliveries to about eight or nine different cities from a couple places. And then COVID got in and because of my wife and I, our age and Cassie living with us, I had to give it up. And a friend of mine who's an inner city pastor in the town next to us was looking to expand his food ministry delivering breads and stuff like that. So he was able to pick up my ministry and keep it going. So he's doing it now. And he's been picking up the breads and the bakery stuff and doing that as long as it's been going on, which is almost 14 months since it started. So again, you may get stopped from doing something. But if you look around and check, you'll always find that somehow, some way, that continue on or someone will be able to do something even better to be able to get fed meals because that's what's happening. More and, people are getting fed because of it. And that's what's amazing because sometimes God's no isn't a stop to something, but it's because he has something even further that he can do with that no. And it just blows my mind how God redeems situations and how he carries things on. I know in episode, I'm pretty sure it was 12, I had talked about how the Lord isn't surprised by anything. He knows what's going on. And our callings aren't always for a lifetime. Sometimes they're for a season. And God will use those things. And when we follow him obediently, we see his plan play out. For instance, you had to say, okay, Lord, with what's going on, and had to pray over it, but said, all right, Lord, I'm going to have to give this up. I'm going to have to stop doing this ministry. And God had someone else ready to pick it up. 
all those instances like that where we see God move and we see our obedience, what he can do with it is incredible. So much of it comes from obedience and you may be listening and say, I'm so angry at my circumstance. I'm so angry with God. We're not on speaking terms. I get that. I've been there and I can tell you that life has been so much better with him than without him, but I would not have the closeness that I have to him today if I hadn't taken that space to truly learn that life is so much better with him. Because I'm able to look at things now and say, as hard as this is, I never want to do this without you, Lord, ever again. And he will be faithful to our obedience to say, Lord, this is hard. I don't want to forgive that person. I don't want to move on or I don't want to have to keep living with a disease like this. Any of those things, the Lord can say, okay, but I'm going to walk you through. I'm going to take your hand. I'm going to walk you through this. And that's why I say only the Lord can take something so bitter from this world and turn around and use it for something good. And I know, you know, you've talked about that and what we want to let you know as listeners is that you don't have to be in the same place that we're sitting in right now. I do happen to think that it's very neat that at the end of the day, I can say, wow, between you and then dad and then to me, that would be a third generation encourager if we were to think of it like that, right? And I've had the absolute pleasure and joy of getting to learn and be inspired by those people. And there were times that you would encourage me as a teenager and I would be so discouraged. There have been times this present year where I have been so grief stricken over disease progression or other things that I'm not ready to talk but you have all, you've never come and said, well, I'm going to fix it by saying this. It's always, I'm praying for you and I love you. And let me know if there's anything I can do. That has made so much of a difference because you have been able to show me Jesus when I'm really mad at him. (laughs) And what we would love to do is give you as listeners some practical tips so that you can encourage the people in your life. You may say, well, my spiritual gift isn't really encouragement or my spiritual gift isn't compassion or whatnot. We know in the word, it talks about how we were all given spiritual gifts and we weren't meant to all have the same ones. But I guarantee you that no matter what spiritual gift you have, you can use that to encourage and bless someone else. But before we do that. I just want to say something to those who are dealing currently with the bitterness, which is that I encourage you to grieve, but I also encourage you to reach out to people. And I know you can say more on this because not only have you reached out, but you've been the person for people to reach out to. So what would you say as practical advice for someone who's walking through and struggling with that brokenness and trying to process and they can't see the blessing and they can't see the other side yet? Because it's true, we may not see the blessing until we get to heaven. Maybe all you can see from what happened with Sandy is that you know that you'll see her again. And that's not going to happen in this world, but it's going to happen in the next. So what advice would you have for somebody who's in the middle of that broken, bitter struggle? 
As I've told you, and I've had a couple other circumstances too, where quickly one other time I fell out of a tree and I had a chainsaw in my hand and I ended up with a compound fractured ankle. It was much more traumatic than he's making it sound, okay. but yes. The reason I felt blessed because of what I'd gone through is the fact that with all my back problems from another injury and all I went through, that was the only injury other than a scrape that I had. And Which is I, a literal miracle because yeah. just to put it in perspective, it's a, it's a very tall tree. I was about 16 to 18 feet up in the air. And... What kind of happened was as you were sawing off part of a dead limb that was there came back. and it came back at and him took and took the ladder. And so he went all the way down. Yep. And even though that was a horrific injury, it's amazing that you didn't have more damage. Right. But for me, I feel blessed and I wouldn't change it. And you may say, why? And the answer is when I was in the wheelchair and in the cast. And I had a doctor saying, within a year, you're gonna to need to have pins and everything else in your leg. This was in 2011. I never had the pins, I never had that. I went to the Lord and I said to him, okay, Lord, this is in your hands. I'll do exactly what you want. If you think I can run again, because I was a runner, if you don't want me to run again, that's fine, I'll live with that. Well, I started running again over a year later and I've been running ever since. But Again, you've got to get to a point where even with my other things that went, went on with me, the number of people that I've been able to talk to when people say, oh, you had this, you lost a daughter, you were, had a hand injury where you're in a coma for five days, you fell out of the tree. And I said, I wouldn't change a thing. The reason I wouldn't change a thing is how many people I were able to talk to. They said, oh, like when I was in the cast, Oh, I feel so sorry for you. Don't feel sorry for me. I feel blessed. I could have been dead. I could have, whatever else could have happened. The chainsaw was running when I fell. So again, for yourself, if, if something's going on, try to look at the silver lining. Try to look for a place to go. For me and for Cassie, we looked to God. And I found after all the things I've gone through, how much a positive difference it makes now. I struggled a lot more back, you know, years ago when I went through the first few things. But you can make a difference. And like I said, I still send out notes and cards to people that are sick or something like that. One of the churches I go to, it's a huge church. I may not even know the people, but I send a card anyway. And then if they're having surgery, week, months, months later, I may send a card and just say, how you doing? And Nine times out of ten, I'll get back. Thank you for so much for thinking of me. That's all you have to do. That's where you can make a difference and make you internally start feeling better by no matter what you're going through. Most definitely. I mean, I know that we've probably all heard the saying that misery loves company, but I do think there's something special about being able to walk through your grief with somebody else and know that you're not the only one experiencing that grief. I think that's kind of how the chronic illness community 
started. It was people wanting to connect with others who were going through the same hard things and being able to say, I'm really having a hard time. I know you're really having a hard time. We're both discouraged, but you know what? Let's link arms and walk this battle together. And there is something so special about being able to share your grief with another person. And it may not change the situation, but it will make a difference and not just in your life, but someone else's. So I really love that that's the perspective you took because not only can we encourage people long after we've processed our bitterness and our brokenness or our disappointment, but we can actively work on healing and grieving and just allowing ourselves to go through that bitterness while joining somebody else. Another thing that I think is worth mentioning is that sometimes our silver linings are really, really small. There are days where the silver lining sometimes is that the sun is out and everything's blooming and I'm looking out of the window. There are days where the silver lining is that I got to reach out and talk to one of you as listeners and I get the opportunity to share in your grief with you. The silver lining isn't slapping positivity on it. It's exactly what you're saying. It was the heart of the issue, which was, okay, Lord, I'm going to walk through this obediently and I am going to try to do the best I can to encourage other people that are going through the same thing or going through a similar struggle to still fix my eyes on you because I'm sure, and you can let me know, but I think it would be safe to say that throughout the short time I've been in ministry and the years and years that you've spent in ministry, that there are times where you encourage somebody else and by encouraging that other person, you in return feel encouraged. Very, very much so. There have been times I didn't want to go somewhere or to see someone because I really didn't feel up to it. And I went and saw somebody and they, turns out they encouraged me more than I seem to encourage them, even though they seem to be encouraged. Yep. And it's doing the hard thing. My body is not having a good day today. And I was like, oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, Lord, that I can just podcast today. But I knew that I would walk away from doing this podcast right now with so much more encouragement than I would if I had just said, well, I'm just too tired today. No, I needed this encouragement. And I say it often here on this show, but these episodes are as close and as encouraging to my heart as hopefully they are to you as listeners. And if you are the person that maybe isn't going through that struggle, but you have that compassion for people that are going through a struggle that maybe you can completely understand or you can't, it's exactly what my grandfather was saying. You can send a card. I mean, who doesn't love getting a handwritten note in the mail just saying, hey, I'm praying for you. I'm not trying to fix it but I'm here if you need me, or a text message, or a follow-up. I am just so blessed to be able to sit here and share this with you and share my family with you and the people that encourage me every day to look for the good and to see the good and to fight to see that good because it can be really hard to do that some days. So Grandpa, thank you so much being willing to come on here and share your testimony and your ministry with this group and I would love to get your final thoughts before we sign off here. No matter what you're going through and like I said I've been through it I've been laid up I've been in a coma 
of five days. I've lost a child. I was in a wheelchair for six months when I fell out of the tree. You can and make a positive difference in your life. You might not get back to 100% where you want to be. You know, Cassie's lived with us for quite a while now, and I've seen and and I talk with her at times. Sometimes she gets a little discouraged, and I remind her, as, as she said, it's a season, okay? You may have your goal set way out ahead for another 10 years from now. That may not be what his plans are for you. He may see something out there that down the road may be a lot worse than what you think it is, but he may have something different planned for you, but it'll probably be better than where you are now. And yes. James 1 to be in four. Consider it nothing but joy when you fall into all sorts of trials because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect effect so that you'll be perfect and complete, not deficient in anything. God just doesn't waste a thing. And I am so grateful that we had the chance to sit down and just talk about his faithfulness and his goodness and just what a redeeming God he is. So thank you again for not only coming on here, but being such an advisor to me and helping me with this and, you know, allowing my listeners to meet you who has helped me so much on the back end of things here with Chronically Cultivating, but also to just encourage me when I've needed it. And I would love if you would close us in prayer. Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity to be here. Lord, I lift up people that are listening into this, and whether they're religious or not religious, I ask you to work in their hearts and minds. There are those that are going through all different stages of pain, all different stages of grief, all different stages of hurt. I ask you to help them work through that and draw a little closer, a little stronger, to be able to look forward to when they'll start feeling a little bit better, both physically and mentally. And they can make a difference just by the little things that they do. Not only help them, it'll help the people that they're with. So thank you for being part of our lives. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen. Friends, as our time here comes to an end, I want you to know that the resources don't stop here. At livingthechronicillnesslife.com, you can find blog posts, videos, the Grace and Goals interactive resource library, free downloads, and even these episodes right here to help you continue cultivating an intentional life right where you are, no matter how uncertain the season. Whether you're working to build an intentional life with your daily habits, planting a garden, setting goals, or simply resting well, you can cultivate an intentional life. Head to livingthechronicillnesslife.com to access all of these resources, and I'll see you next week.